This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant and Danny. Interviews, analytics, and analysis on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Uh, one guy I just wanted to say that it's always annoying to me is Yadier Molina. We're taping this interview. He just homered for the second time today against Josiah Gray. Double the season total. I'm pretty sure he had two coming in. He did. He's got four now uh, in like 250 at bat. He can kick rocks. Great player. And if we're doing this from a national perspective, I'd have a very different take on Yadier Molina. But on a Nats podcast, from a Nats fan perspective, just so annoying. Doing his curtain call. It's a 4-4 game as, as we tape here in the fourth inning. Gray, by the way, again today, victimized by two home runs. Leads the league. Which is accounted for three of the four runs he's allowed. So a couple mistakes and otherwise has been okay. Uh, but he's, you know, at this point looking like he could go maybe six innings. And if he locks it in, perhaps only allow those four runs. But, man, is, is it just so annoying that Molina has two homers all year. It looks like he would have to hit the ball, go pick it up, and hit the ball again. They hit it out of the yard most nights. And twice, including this line drive that went barely over the wall a second ago. Just such a pain in the gnats. But um, anyway, that, that's a, an aside as I'm being distracted by the TV in the corner. It feels like they're always playing against them. And it feels like he's always up. And it feels like he's always hitting right around 200. And it feels like he's the greatest Listen, living I'm hitter. I'm going to look it up right now. What do you think? Because I bet you his numbers against the gnats are actually not that great. I, I bet you... Like, he's not Andrew McCutcheon, right? Andrew McCutcheon has never gotten out in his life against the Washington Nationals. And he just, I think, numbers approximate, he bats, with all the teams he's played on, probably 957 against the Nats. Numbers approximate. Freddie Freeman, career batting average against the Nationals. Of one. Would you say 750? <laughs> no, it's, I've actually looked, I looked it up recently, it's in the threes, and I can't believe it. Like it, it's I, 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 like. There's no. no chance it's in the threes. I, yeah. I read the word, I read the letters and the numbers and the words, and I go, that's not correct. Like I stats that would are great. Mean they've gotten him out like yeah. seven times. Stats are great. That guy's 19 for seven every time he hits against the Nationals over the course of his career. All right, so I'm looking it up right now. Washington career numbers: 229, seven homers. <laughs> the seven bombs are, are kind of what I'm talking. Yeah, about. So now it's nine, I guess. I mean, it's nine home runs for that guy. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I mean, for how many games? Now, so this would be game 90. Okay. So he homers on average every, every 10, 10 games. games. Not crazy. That's a 16-homer pace. I mean, that that's not that crazy. But, man, oh, man, does it feel like he's just always taking jogs around the base pass. But uh, good research. All right. Luke Voigt. 
in the loss yesterday had a uh, hit and a run scored. He homered and had three hits a day before that. I think Luke Voigt has been a really strong, serviceable responder to this trade. Just a respectable way to go about his business. Lest we forget, he thought he was about to be playing down the stretch for a Padres team that was competing for the postseason. Mm -hmm. Then Eric Hosmer didn't want to be traded and basically said, no, kick rocks, I'm not going to Washington. So Luke Voigt, knowing that the Nationals wanted nothing to do with him, had to go to Washington. I mean, that's basically how this happened. That's not fun. No. Then you go play for the worst team in the league where you know you probably don't have much of a future as it is. They already have their DH for the year in Nelson Cruz. They call up another guy the day you show up who's also a DH, Joey Manessis, who they're playing in first and right a little bit. And then nothing about this could be enjoyable for Luke Voigt. But so far in Washington, Danny, he has homered six times. You go through the numbers, 29 games and six home runs. That is a 33 home run pace for Luke Voigt who's hitting about 245 or so in Washington. He has been considerably better at the plate for periods than he was in San Diego. OPS is is about 10 points higher than it was with the Padres. So similar production overall for the Missouri State product. But I just wanted to say I've, I've been happy how he's responded. I like how he's handled himself. He said all the right things. I wouldn't be surprised if quietly he or the team, they go to each other this offseason and go, come on, (laughs) what's the point of this? You don't care about me. I don't care about you. Get me out of here where I can go hit home runs as a DH somewhere. I'm a Luke Voigt guy. Maybe he could be the DH here, I guess. But if I'm him, they've got like four of those guys. I I would prefer to be elsewhere. Yeah, I totally understand it. But I, I have always liked him. I've always liked him from afar. I've always liked the way he goes about his business. I've always liked that he knows exactly who he is. He's here to... Lift all the weights you have and hit it as far as you can to left field. He, You know what I mean? You're going to see a lot of chest hair. You'll see the necklace. Seems like a great guy to have around. And I mean that. He's t- He took to a not a great situation. I mean, listen, it's still big league ball, so it's it's not digging ditches. But I'm I'm with you 100%. I, you could, again, you could do a lot worse. There are he, He's not going to hit for a ton of average. That's just not his game at this stage. He's going to strike out a ton. But the power is very, very real. I think his, his with consistent at bats. I think his walk rate certainly could improve range in terms of on base. He's hitting two forty. He could be a thirty homer bat in a lineup. And again, is that world beating? Is that necessarily a guy you want hitting third or fourth on a first division team? Probably not. But again, you you could do a lot worse. That twenty twenty season where he led baseball with twenty two homers and hit two seventy seven with an OPS around nine ninety nine a point nine five. That was kind of one of those, I know it's a sprint, I know it was a 60-game type deal, but that stretch is pretty legit, man. You know, to in order, in order you know, to, to, to put up those kind of numbers in such a short time, if you hide him in a pretty good lineup as another presence, as a bopper, I think he could do some things. But I, I've always liked the guy. We've been talking about the resurgent Nationals, right? They'd won six of eight, I think, when we gave you your first podcast of the week. And, uh, you know, they, they've been way more competitive here over the last week and a half or so. A lot of that is that they're hitting. If you look at the last week, Luis Garcia is 10 for 28 over six games at 357 average. Cesar Hernandez has had a great little road trip here, New York and St. Louis, but he's five for his last 12 at the plate, a 417 average. K. Barrett Ruiz is six for his last 21 at 286 at 23, a 304 average. C.J. Abrams is seven for his last 20, obviously at a, a four-hit game, a 350 average. Um, you got a two-for-five clip going for Alex Call, who had an RBI knock against the Cardinals while we were taping here. Uh, the Joey Manessis last six games, eight for 28, 
a 290 average. Um, so you, you kind of run down the roster. Everybody over the last week is hitting on this team, except for Ildemaro Vargas, who's cooled off and is 217.5 for his last 23. But, I mean, almost literally everybody else. Victor Robles, for God's sake, is three for his last 10, batting 300 over this la last week. He's played in four games. So you look at this, Danny, and I, I just think they really have caught some fire on offense. Not hitting for a lot of power. Garcia, Hernandez, Ruiz, Thomas, and Voigt all homering one time over the last seven days. And by the way, Cesar Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen, first home run of go. the season. There it is. Here we go. We were worried if he was going to get shut out. He went from 20-plus last year to zero for most of this year. Upper tanker, by the way. I know. How it it wasn't happen? a wall scraper. I don't know. How do you not homer all year, and then you hit a ball that would be out of any ballpark, basically? Yeah, that, that's, that's out of, like, you know, 1905 ballparks that had no walls and fences. I mean, that was just absolutely crushed. To back up your point, the month of September, they, as a team, are batting 300 on the nose. That's coming into this game as, as we're taping today. OPS of 800. Um, just let you know, as, as a group, they are swinging it. And it, it it's coincided with this group pitching better than they have all Especially, season long. yeah, in the rotation, right? Because the bullpen has at times been very good uh, and, and exceeded expectations. But in the last... Trip through the rotation. Corey Abbott uh, pitched four and a third, one run ball. Uh, Patrick Corbin, seven innings, one run. Anibal Sanchez, great little streak. Anibal Sanchez, who's been rolling lately. Uh, five innings scoreless the other night. Josiah Gray is the one guy who's gotten tagged, and he just got yanked in the fourth inning with the bases loaded. Uh, but Eric Fetty, six innings, one run. Paolo Espino, five innings, three runs. I mean, you name the starter, they've given him a decent start. Just funny how those things happen. I was texting with a a, a good buddy who's uh, with the Cardinals. Um, name dropper. I didn't. I no. I didn't drop the name. Named you said the buddy. It's a friend of yours. That's true. And you went to school with him. Yeah. I have a friend too. Darius has a friend. Too. I, I don't know. I just wanted to. I really wanted a reason to you ding my bell. You just wanted to hit the bell. I ding my bell too much. You want, No, you wanted to hit the bell and have it be making fun of me. No, no, no. It really, it was just convenient in the moment. All I wanted to do, I love the sound of the bell on the air. If anyone listens to our daily show, I've just been coming up with reasons. Actually, Darius, when you got here today, what did, tell, tell Danny what I did. Uh, so Grant mentioned the word mail, and he rang yeah. the bell. Mail and he said, as in like what you get in, in the mail, like you get a letter. Correct. Not a person. Right. Um, and... He said, every time I said the word mail, I'm ringing the bell. I said, was that your first time saying it? He said, yes. That was the first time I said it. So that, that was just the bit just I, I was like, every excuse. time anyone says mail today, I'm going to go. I've just been really wanting to ring the bell for you, some reason. You're just desperate to ring the bell. I don't know why. It was really jarring. I was like. I, and I do apologize. No, don't apologize to me. We're just, every time someone says apologize, I'm ringing the bell. It's too late to. See, I didn't. I, you thought I was going to, but then I didn't say that. Every time someone says gonna, I'm going <laughs> to ring the bell. God's sakes. All right. What Sorry, the hell was I talking about? You were talking oh about yeah, so uh, my I, I I got a buddy who's with the Cardinals. Name drop. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Keep no, going. it's okay. You're okay. not sorry. You're th you're thrilled to hit the bell. But I, I was text for God's sakes, man. All right. That, honestly, this is this is excessive. It's too much. Don't do it again. Okay. Anyway, so I was text. I know you're going to do that. I was texting my buddy from from the Cardinals last night or over, during the course of the series, and he was like, "You told me you guys couldn't pitch." Like, you told me that you guys, and I was like, oh, that's funny. You're, and he's like, you guys are, are nasty. So the first couple days to the, right. through the game, and he's, you know, in the eighth inning last night, is after Corey Abbott's gone, as you said, into the fifth with one run and the bullpen's throwing pretty good. He's like, you're, you're, it's like, are you guys the, the, you know, 72 A's? Are you the 2011 Phillies over here with, with Halliday and Lee and company? I said, good pool on Halliday and Lee. Yeah. The last turn through the rotation, 
it's been a different animal. Was Fat Joe Blanton in that rotation, or was that too soon? I'm going to say yes. Or I'm going to say yes. Maybe the late Corey Lytle? Would he have been in that rotation? Oh, now you're really straining my 2011 memory. 2011 The 2011 Phillies. Phillies. There was uh, another guy. Sneaky, Lee, sneaky one of the great rotations of all time. Yes, but who? There, there was another big arm. Halliday and Lee. And other guys. Just say the other um, guys. Oswald? Roy Oswald? Yeah, Oswald. Would have still been with the Astros. Oh, you're right. Say. You're right. I mean, he did end up with the He Phillies. ended up there. Uh, I'm looking it up. All right, do it. Pull oh, up. we're stupid. We're just stupid. That's what we are. We're stupid. By the way, Roy Oswald was on that team. Oh, see? There we go. Advantage Darius. Uh, he had a 3-6 ERA and a 3 4 Hold on, before you say. What year was this again? 2011. 2011. Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels. Oh, for God's sake. Of go. course. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Darius. There we go. Anyone, anytime someone gets a left-handed pitcher for a division rival, right? You hit I mean, the damn Darius bell. with the silly 2011 Phillies rotational knowledge. If you name the fifth pitcher in that rotation, I'll, I'll give you, Ooh. I'll give you fifteen hundred dollars. Oh man! Right now, I would, I my would wife's going to be livid if you do it. <laughs> I would love I to be fifteen hundred dollars. Like, fifteen hundred dollars. I'll give you fifteen hundred bucks. That's too much. Oh man, I would love to be fifteen hundred dollars richer, but. I don't think I can play right, this fifth pitcher. Um, no, you you don't get to do it. I don't know if you've been looking. It I up don't or not. know it. I don't know it. I'm going to tell you the first name, and I still don't think you'll get it. The first, and this is not for fifteen hundred dollars anymore. Just to clarify, understood. The first name is Vance. Damn it! I know a Vance too. I, you're going to say the last name. I'm like, I knew it. I don't have it though. Vance. Oh! 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 Danny is has it, it. Is it? Is it the dude with with the? I'm uh, talking to the microphone. This is pocket. He wore the the specs. Vance Worley. Vance Worley. Oh, oh. I know Vance Worley. Vance Worley. Vance Worley. Damn it. <laughs> Vance Worley. What a rotation that was. It was a good rotation. That's why yeah. I pulled it. It's like an all time rotation. Yeah. Uh, you're never going to get through your story about your buddy from the Phillies. No, that was the end of it. He was just oh, like I, he, he goes like I thought you guys were you couldn't pitch and I was like well if you'd caught us in. May, June, July, or the majority of August, that would have been correct. However, right. all of a sudden, Anibal Sanchez throwing 74 is nasty. Patrick Corbin now throws a sinker and apparently gets outs. Uh, Paolo Espino can't break glass with a fastball. He gets outs. The only guy that's been struggling is Gray, who you see on Thursday. This is the beauty of baseball, though. Yeah, I know. And, that, I mean, and that's my point. What a it's, game. It's kind of like the correction of a lot of things that needed to be corrected all kind of happening at once. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Uh, all right, you want to go around MLB really quickly? Might just be a fun little thing. Let's do it together. Uh, so in the American League East, the Yankees have free-fallen, and the Rays are within five games. I still think the Yankees win the division. Uh, they've won four in a row. I think they're back. I, I, that isn't to say they're going to do what they did early in the season, but I think the worst is behind them. They channeled it. The gap was closed by Tampa, but I do think the Yankees win the East. Any now, disagreements on that? Well, they've had a few injuries recently. Anthony Rizzo went, went on the I.L. I believe Stanton went back on the I.L. as well, didn't he? Uh, 
Yes, I think he was back on the shelf. Uh, they won 7-1 to against the Twins in a doubleheader yesterday, and he was not in the lineup. Uh, but uh, they had... I don't think he played in either game yesterday. Um, so you guys agree with me. Yankees win the division. I do. They they got regressioned a little bit, and it's a bad stretch right now. Someone beside if they by the way, if they could play the Minnesota Twins at home forever, <laughs> they would go one fifty eight and four every season. They, the Twins simply cannot beat them in Yankee Stadium. Um, somebody that's someone's gonna have to step up besides Aaron Judge down the stretch. It's whether whether it's Torres, whether it's you know um, Stanton, who we, who we mentioned, somebody's going to have to hit to protect Aaron Judge, who's doing incredible things. Well, I think at they're going to have to put DJ Lemayhew on the shelf too, by the way, because Lemayhew, who hasn't hit in like three weeks, is also not healthy, and they're talking about putting yeah, him on, on the IL. Uh, then you got the Rays, one and a half up in the wild card over the Blue Jays, who are fending off the Baltimore Orioles. Birds are just so fun to watch right now. Adley Rutschman has been awesome for them, the young catcher, who they called up the former number one overall pick. They just brought Gunnar Henderson up, who's helped them. But it does look like the clock might be striking midnight a little bit after they had a tough series with Toronto. Uh, the Blue Jays, four and a half in the clear of Baltimore. So it could be Rays, Mariners, Blue Jays in the AL wild card. That would be fun. I mean, the Rays fun. are easy to root for because they don't spend any money, and they do it with analytics and smarts. The Mariners have the longest drought without making the playoffs in the sport, 20 years. And Toronto, north of the border. I love them. I've been to Rogers Center in the playoffs three or four times and have covered a couple league championship series there. And I'm telling you, there's not a louder, better, more energetic building than indoors at Rogers Center in Toronto when they're rolling. A bunch of young kids in Toronto, right? I mean, you know, you look at uh, Alejandro Kirk and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., both 23 years old. Bo Bichette's 24, like one of the elder statesmen there it's so much fun to watch that group go about it so they're kind of like the next or not even next they're the fun team for me that from from that perspective in terms of young stars you mentioned the rays they're doing it with calculators math and and intellect and that's really fun too just the 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 polar opposites of the yankees one the rays is kind of the upstart too is just always a blast over in the national league what a race in the east it's just a shame the nats are on the outside looking in here because, man, does it look fun for fans of the Mets and the Braves. Those games uh, now are going to be massive between those two teams, including a series at the end of the season. But the Mets have a half-game lead as we tape after they swept a doubleheader against the Pirates yesterday. Feel-good bounce-back day for their offense. Atlanta's won seven in a row, though. And what I think is so comical about this race is, if you see the way Mets fans are acting, they're pretending like this team is caving. They are suggesting, with, with like the commentary in New York is basically that they've fallen apart, they're collapsing again, this is so Mets, this always happens to us. The Mets have been great, if you go back, really, throughout the whole season. They're on pace to win 100 games almost. They play 630 baseball. 17 and 8 in July, Yeah, 19 and 11 in August, and a, a paltry 4 and 3 in September through, through seven games. As you said, they're just fine. Scherzer's on the shelf, looks like 15-day injured list. For him, which obviously isn't great, but you're right. It, this is more to me about the Braves after their bad and poor start just being ridiculous, and they're a World Series favorite. The Braves are 22-8 and eight in their last 30. The story is Atlanta. It is not the Mets. I mean, if you look at the last 40 games in Major League Baseball, the Mets are 26-14. and 14. That's the fourth-best record in the sport. The Braves just so happen to be 28-12, and 12, yeah. the third-best record in the sport. So they've gained two games on the Mets while they're playing 26 and 14 baseball. If you extrapolate it out over 50 games, 
The Mets have been really good over 50 games. They're 33 and 17, fourth best record in baseball. The Braves are 34 and 16. So over 50 games, they've gained a game during that stretch when the Mets have been awesome. So just funny to see how people are panicking and, and covering this thing. But it does look like the NL East, which people, if you remember before the year, were beating up on a little bit, could end up having maybe three playoff teams. Because as of right now, the loser of the Braves-Mets divisional battle is going to be the top wildcard team hosting the, the winner of the two versus the three in the wildcard format. But right now, the Phillies are tied with the Padres for what would be the second and third wildcard spots. Both of them four games up on Milwaukee, who's lost two in a row in six of ten. And, and basically, the Brewers, since the deadline, have just it fell it apart. It been good. It's not it, good. It, it fell apart for them. <laughs> uh, but let's say that, that it is those three teams. Basically, the Phillies have to beat San Diego for the right to then get to uh, Atlanta in the wild card. But um, I'll be really, really curious to see, number one, because of the divisional teams involved, Number two, the Soto situation. Yeah. And he was getting booed by some fans in San Diego this past week. They're asking him now in the clubhouse. He was answering questions about his quote-unquote slump and, you know, why he hasn't made more of an impact and why he isn't hitting for more power. You're seeing the graphics come out with Joey Manessis beside Juan Soto and the fact that Manessis has outplayed him since the trade deadline. Soto's OPS with the Nats was about 900 this year. It's 771 in San Diego. Very little power. Three home runs, three doubles so far, and, and about 100 at-bats for him. He's getting on base, he's not walking to the a extent ton. that he normally would. You know, upper 300s, I think 397, whereas he's a career 43% guy. Um, but it's bo- mostly walks and a couple of singles here and there for him. And so he's struggled a bit, and some fans are getting restless. Yeah, there's there's some pressure to perform all of a sudden. They're lucky and, the Brewers fell off or they could miss the playoffs. Can you imagine indeed. that? Indeed. I mean, one of their prizes at the trade deadline was Josh Hader, who has an ERA of $2 trillion, numbers approximate. Um, and Josh Bell, while we're talking about And Bell's about really struggled. Trade. Josh Bell hasn't done anything for them either. All the Joshers are struggling. You're right. But they, they need him to produce Soto. The the walks are nice. I mean, we're, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, but... RBI spots where he's coming up, and it's you know Machado's had such an amazing year. Uh, they need Juan Soto to drive the ball. They need RBIs. They need base hits that haven't been there, quite frankly. And he's you know he's I think he's dipped down into the two thirties since he's been there um, in San Diego. So yeah, I mean, it, and he spoke about it. I mean, it's one of the hard things to do to to approach the game with the ultimate intensity, fire, passion, drive, and compete at the super high level every single day. Then have that be sort of ripped away from you because you're on a team that's going to lose 120 games and you don't see a strike for for weeks at a time, and then ramp it back up. Ramping intensity back up is a hard thing to do. So he's pressing right now. We've seen him press at the start of a bunch of different seasons. He pressed at the beginning of 2019 where he tried to carry the offense at times and, and, and really scuffled before settling in. He pressed at the beginning of this season while they were losing, trying to hit the seven-run home run every time. And once he calmed down and you know, sort of got into, you know, the, the rhythm and just let his natural incredible ability take over, you, you know, you, you saw him scuffle for a little bit longer than we're used to seeing. I, I remember doing a, a hit in San Diego radio um, uh, about Juan Soto, and they were going, you know, what, what should we expect? What's the deal? What are the weaknesses? You know, because he's billed as such a superstar. And I said, well, here are the weaknesses. Defensively, eh, it's fine. I think he works hard to, to get better, but he's not, you know, a gold glover. He's not... Um, I don't know, you could you could pick your he's not Jason Hayward out there in 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 right field or otherwise. So the other thing though is he tries really hard. 
I know it sounds like one of those bad interview questions where it's like, if anything, I care too much. But that's what happens. He presses when he feels it. He wants to do well so badly that, you know, grip the sawdust out of the bat. And, you know, every time he gets a cookie, taking that enormous swing where his, you know, right shoulder is, is, you know, halfway down the first baseline and his head flies out because he's trying to just kill the ball instead of just doing what he naturally does and, and, and driving the ball all over the place. So he's pressing is what it looks like to my untrained eyes. But, you know, the guy's too good to be kind of kept down for that long. So it'll turn for him. But I am. I'm excited to see it. Josh Bell, 193 average in San Diego. 301 with the Nats before the trade. He had an 877 ops this year in D.C. 631 in San Diego. So uh, there's probably some boo birds out for him as well.